I don't know where you would like have an example of that in our marriage. So that's uh, <laughs> that's an interesting one that you picked that on. That is interesting. I, yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like you're hinting at know. something here. <laughs> there may be a day or two that I wake up. Welcome to the Marriage Talk. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Valerie. We are so glad that you are here with us today. We are going to unpack the topic of shame. Yes, we are going to try to unpack that's the topic good. of shame. <laughs> Maybe that's yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And we'll get into that a little bit later of uh, of the topic of shame. But I first want to ask you, how are you doing today? <laughs> That is an interesting question, and the reason it's interesting is, and we've kind of talked about this already, but right. it's interesting how typically when we're asked that question, we go to our schedule and we tell people what we're doing, yeah. not actually how we're doing. Yeah. And so it's something in my own life that I'm working on to, yeah. to be able to get past that what I'm doing into how I'm doing when people ask that. Right. And it's a hard habit to break, yeah. actually. And so, yeah, I, I am working <laughs> on changing that. That's how I'm doing. Right. Well, it's interesting because this actually came out from a lady asking you <laughs> at uh, our kids' at school. She said, how are you doing? Yeah. And then you answered by... Uh, our schedule and what's going on at work and she just looked at you and said that's not what I asked you yeah I asked you how are you doing yes. and you're like that's right that is what you asked me <laughs> and then we talked about it, I'm like man I do that too yeah like how often was someone like asks how you're doing and we just jump to the schedule versus yeah. like you know I'm I'm struggling today or I'm I'm having a great day I, I feel happy I, I feel like uh you know God's doing this in my life I think what uh, a transformation it would be in all of our conversations if we put aside our schedules and put aside how you know we're running this event with kids and running that event with kids and when someone asks the question how are you doing mm -hmm. we like truly then share like how we're doing right. <laughs> versus the uh, going into our schedule. So how's that going for you? Have you learned how to answer it in a different way yet? Uh, no, it, like I said, it's a hard habit to break. Okay. And so um, just making that shift into really, because often I think we don't think about how we're doing. We're just doing, hmm. right? Like it's like, okay, this is my to-do list. I've got my tasks. I've got to get this done. Uh, I've got to go here or there, whatever. And so to actually be thinking about how am I doing? But then I feel like you can end up in the ditch on the other side in just totally focusing on our feelings, mm. which isn't a healthy place to be all the time because our feelings aren't always reliable, mm. right? That they're indicators mm. of, of what could be different things happening inside of us. But sometimes our feelings are just wrong because we woke up grumpy or, you know, somebody yeah. cut us off. And so we're a little bit like as we're driving down the road, somebody cuts us off. And so then we're annoyed. Right. right. And so I think it's, it's something that I'm trying to figure out. How do you walk that balance of being able to share how you're doing, but also mm. not get totally lost in just all the feelings of life because that's not helpful either. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a work in progress. Construction on this. under progress here. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's interesting that you went with like waking up and feeling grumpy. I don't know where you would like have an example of that in our marriage. So that's uh, <laughs> that's an interesting one that you picked that on. That is interesting. I, yeah, I just don't know. I feel know. like you're hinting I don't at something know. here. <laughs> there may be a day or two that I wake up and, you know, 
the old saying, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Uh-huh. That may happen. That may yeah. happen from time to time. But you're right. Our feelings should really just be indicators and not um, controlling us. And, and just because, you know, if I wake up grumpy, that doesn't give me the right then to be grumpy towards people or yeah, to, like yeah. to take that out on to the kid. To be kit. irritable with yeah, everybody. Yeah. No, that's so good. That's so good. That's something that we continue to work on. And mm-hmm. even in our own marriage that when we ask each other how we're doing that hopefully we learn to yeah, park the schedule. Uh, and <laughs> we say that almost like though that we're not allowed to talk about schedule. Like I think sometimes it is still good to share what's going on and, yeah. and what we're up to. But that's probably a different question of like, hey, what are you up to mm-hmm. versus how are you feeling? Well, or, or how are you doing, mm. right? Like maybe we need to change the question. We're asking people. Maybe mm. that's the thing that we got to work on. Okay. okay. <laughs> or is it or is it wh- what we're hearing the question to be? Yeah, maybe. You know? I don't know. We got to we got to do some more digging into that to to figure out what's really going on. Yeah. There. Yeah. I love asking questions, so it's uh something that we'll we'll continue to work on. But shame Let's yeah. let's jump into this today. Let's uh, unpack this because I think it's one of the things that maybe we don't always spend time thinking about or unpacking from our story from the past and how much shame is actually impacting mm-hmm. our lives today. How does that resonate with you? How? Yeah, I know for myself, I've definitely had to work through shame and feelings of shame from from my past, from the decisions I made mm. as as a teenager, right? Like we did everything backwards in our relationship, okay. right? We high school sweethearts had our son. I was heading into grade 12. You were graduating That's when right. we had our son. And so being raised in a Christian home, we knew premarital sex was outside of God's design. I can say we, we didn't really understand fully why, right? Mm. Like those pieces of the biblical narrative, I, I can't say that I really understood. I just knew that it was against the rules. Right. But definitely... For me and my personality, breaking rules, I feel a ton of guilt and shame. Mm. And so going through that and then looking back at how I dealt with that. For me, I dealt with it by saying, well, I messed up here and so I'm going to make up for it by being the best mom, by having the best, most well-behaved child. Mm. By you having... are the best mom, I must say. Like <laughs> well, it's no, a... I'm not. But... Um, <laughs> But I don't know, God God has a interesting way of dealing with us because in our situation, our son, he does have disabilities. And mm. so try and we didn't know that until he was around like five or six mm-hmm. that we really had a, a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And so because they're, they're cognitive disabilities for anybody that yeah. doesn't know, know us or know our story. Uh, when, when you I'll just jump in there, when you say disabilities, we're referring to cognitive disabilities. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. For our son. Right? And so it was this five or six year process of like, why can't I get our son to listen? Why can't I get him to do this or that? And then realizing when he was, what it was five or six, mm-hmm. that, well, there's a medical reason why he can't do these things. Yeah. But just feeling like such a failure during mm. that time of why can't I get this right? And then basing my identity and kind of my redemption mm. on having this perfect kid. It was this really... Um, defeating cycle and a defeating way of trying to redeem myself, which never would have worked. Like it doesn't work that way, right? right? Scripture tells us that all of our good deeds are like filthy rags, mm-hmm. right? If we're trying to redeem ourselves that way, it yeah. just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, the only way that we can be redeemed is through forgiveness, through Jesus Christ right. and allowing his sacrifice 
to cover us and make us whole and new and to take away all of that stuff. So definitely had a lot of shame that I had to work through and, uh, and realizing what was really going on. Right. Mm -hmm. Because here's, here's the thing, right? It's just like, yes, we, we know our redemptions in Christ. And as you shared that, that was so beautiful. But part of it is even like saying, but if my son is perfect, in church if if we can put on this facade of as young parents as teenage parents then it almost lessens the um stepping outside of god's design yeah. in our eyes right yeah. it's just like well we did it you know we were young but look how well we're doing look how well of a parenting that we're doing and and so that is probably playing into a some of what you're sharing and what's going on in our minds during that time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Looking back now and the process that the journey, I guess, that God brought me on um, years ago as as a young adult, um, it was realizing that nothing I can do will fix that. Mm. And so switching it from an identity-based thing, which shame, as as I've learned more about it, shame is about identity. It's about who we are, whereas guilt is about something we did. Hmm. And so with shame, we're kind of stuck there and it kind of paralyzes us or traps us in that identity. Whereas with guilt, it's a behavior and we can take that guilt, the wrong that we've done, we can take it to God, we can ask for forgiveness, we can ask him to cleanse us and make us new and help us to move beyond that and past it. And so then we can deal with it and leave it there. But with shame, we can't Mm. because it's a part of us. And so for me, realizing that, no, I'm not a failure. Yes, I made a mistake. Yes, I sinned and stepped outside of God's design. But you know what? God wants us to go to him with that and seek Mm -hmm. forgiveness so that we can be restored and live in the freedom that God promises. And so for me, it was that process of realizing that I had accumulated all of this shame Whereas what I really needed to do was recognize it for what it was, the guilt, to deal with that guilt, and then to move past it Mm. and learn new ways of doing and being and thinking instead of being stuck in this identity that was so unhealthy. Mm -hmm. So we'll unpack a little bit of the shame piece a little bit, but as you just shared, what were some things, I guess, that would have helped you move through that journey? that you just talked about, like naming it and not allowing it to become your identity and those things, what would help a listener? What would help somebody to not allow those, the shame and the grip to hold them? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is realizing, Mm. realizing the difference between shame and guilt, that shame is very destructive. Um, it, it it doesn't give us anything to work with and to move on, right? It's it's just kind of, this is who I am and I'm stuck with it. There's no hope. Mm. There's no motivation in that. Um, whereas with guilt, guilt is, guilt is a way that we realize, Hey, you know what? I've messed up. I need to fix this. Or guilt is when, when we yeah, well, when we've messed up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When we've done something wrong. Yeah. And so that's that's something we can deal with because it's a behavior and we can seek right. forgiveness and we can move on. And so recognizing that early on mm. to to be able to own it, to, to name it, to own it, mm. and then to uh, deal with it, mm. right? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is that awareness of right. what's going on that definitely was what helped me in my journey. Right, right. So awareness is what one of those things. So, hey, we're going to share a little bit more about even just 
how how we deal with guilt or how we deal with shame poorly. But we just want to make a plug here for where this is coming from. There's a resource that we've used in our parenting from Access. It's AXIS.org if you want to know more about them. But they have a conversation guide. And a conversation guide is one of the tools that they use to help parents have conversations with their children and things like that. And so where this topic has come from is one of their conversation guides is about shame. Shame and parenting in particular. Yeah, and how shame has played a role in our parenting. And, And here's the thing. And I think we said this off the beginning was that shame probably has played a role somewhere in our lives, whether we've identified it or whether we've worked through our past to have that uh, work through. And that's where this conversation comes from is we want to encourage people to dig through to see where shame has uh, played a role in their life. And so if you want to know more about what we're doing, we're going to, we'll add a link to the conversation guide that we are talking about uh, in our show notes, but uh, it is from access. And so one of the things that they talk about is like, how do we deal with shame poorly? Because there's probably two ways of dealing with shame, right? There's, we can deal with it in a healthy way and we can deal with it in an unhealthy way. And and so they have a list of a few things and I think they're bang on uh, on a lot of this of how we deal with shame in a dysfunctional way or in a way that's poor is that we numb ourselves and we could either use medication, addiction. Mm -hmm. And we see that in people's lives where rather than engaging in something, they really start to numb themselves through other means, uh, whatever that might look like. There's resistance to uncertainty. And so there's fear that that can hold us back because we have to be vulnerable. And so that can be something where we resist and we push it away. And I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with my past. I don't want to have to identify it. I don't want to have to talk about it. I just want to resist it and just pretend it's not there. And, and the problem in those situations is, boy, that really deals with, leaves us in this goo, leaves us in this mess. Because as we are learning in our journey, the more that we can deal with, uh, whether it be our past and even into the present here, the more we can identify it, name it and deal with it early, the healthier our relationship and and we as people are becoming as well. And then there's blame shifting. That's another way of handling shame in in a different, in a poor manner is that we just blame. And it's like, oh, well, it's this person's fault or this is the situation or, uh, you know, I wouldn't have been angry if that person didn't cut me off, right? Like it's all the, like we blame others or we blame the situation. And at times, there are things that happen to people and it is not their fault and it is not nothing they did nothing that brought up on them but yet they still carry shame from different situations that can play out and so obviously understanding where the the difference between those two there's ignoring it pretending it just never happened everything's okay sweep it under the rug I don't want to talk about it Uh, that was something that probably we not probably let's remove that word that we did (laughs) early on in our marriage is we just swept things under the rug well the the magic rug. I don't know. Does everyone have a magic rug that you sweep things <laughs> under? And, you know, it's like, well, I just won't deal with it. I'll just put it under this rug. But but eventually you've got to deal with it because you trip over it. Yeah, the pile gets too big underneath that rug. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, there's uh, they talk about trying to fix and perfect ourselves. And that's really what really played out uh, early on in our marriage, early on in mm-hmm. your life that you're sharing is that you're trying to fix and provide this perfect child and this perfect husband and because you were already perfect. Right. And, <laughs> and so we were uh, trying to, but but that's really one of the ways that you just shared how you were handling the shame in a, in a poor manner. Yeah, well, I was trying to prove to myself and to everyone else that, hey, no, I'm not so bad. I'm not a failure, right? right. Look, look at our perfect 
perfect little family, which yeah. it was not. Yeah. yeah. No, no, not at, not at all. Uh, which, you know what? Nobody is, right? No. Like none of us are perfect. We're all broken. We're all on a, on a journey together. It's just there's healthier journeys and, and, there's, and there's unhealthy journeys that we can be part well, of. Well, I think seasons. Oh, um, yeah, that's it, good. Right, like and because, yeah, all of us go through those seasons of learning and during the learning, we don't have it all figured out and we, we never do, but we're in a process. Right, right. And, right. Yeah, so yeah. those are some uh, poor ways to handle it. What would be... Yeah, well, I, w- I would just say like, I think the reason why we feel like this is an important topic to talk about is because unresolved shame can lead to so many unhealthy things, Mm. right? That seeking perfectionism, nobody can live up to that standard. And Mm. so then it's unhealthy place to try to live and try to to make happen, right? Right. Um, Unresolved shame, it's tied to addictions. Like you just said, it's tied to depression because we feel like... We're, like I said already, we're stuck in this identity and, and how do we get free of that if it's a part of us hmm. instead of separating the fact of who we are, especially for someone who's born again and who's a Christian, we have a new identity. But if we're if we're throwing on all of this shame of I'm, I'm a failure, I'm a liar, I'm a whatever, you can fill in the blank, right. then we're not living in the identity Christ has given us and we need to separate that behavior and deal with the behavior. Um, so depression is definitely tied to unresolved shame. Uh, suicide is is also tied to unresolved shame. And suicide is actually, oh, it's such a huge, I guess we'll say pandemic that's mm. happening in our world because again, this unresolved this shame, this identity crisis and not knowing how to deal with those things and process it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's tied to eating disorders. It's tied to violence, violence between husbands and wives, violence between parents and their children, and just even peer violence and bullying, mm-hmm. right? All these things can be tied to unresolved shame. And so it is something to that can be so helpful in realizing that, hey, I don't need to live in that identity anymore. I can deal with it and move on. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add to that? Well, it's interesting just going back and you talked about like the pandemic of the suicide and, and those are such real, uh, all of it's real things. And I unfortunately have a friend that that took his life. And I'll tell you, uh, when you first hear about it, you just like, what was really going on? Mm-hmm. What made this person feel like they were so alone that this was the only way out of whatever was happening in their life? But just in, in general on that topic is like, how much do people carry and that affects them to where that's the way out? And boy, that just really breaks my heart of like that they didn't know that there was another way out, Mm -hmm. that there was someone out there that was willing to listen, that there was somebody out there that could help and point them in the right direction. And then ultimately that Christ is available to walk through these things. And and not that Christ is this magical thing that like erases what we carry, although that when we start to walk and live and grow in that Mm -hmm. and know that about ourselves, boy, there's a lot of freedom then that can come out of our story. We can walk in wholeness. We can walk in freedom. We don't have to allow the shame, the guilt to continue to define us. As 2 Corinthians 5.17 explains that we're new creations in Christ. And so in that new creations, which means that we can let go of the old, we can leave it behind and we can walk in freedom. But I don't say that in such a way where someone's like, yeah, but you don't know my story. 
I get it. Everyone has a story and, and there's pain and there's suffering and there there's really hardships that people really go through. What I am saying is don't give up. Find the help. Reach out. Uh, seek the people that can really join you in kind of the mess and the muck and and not let go uh, and walk with you through that as well. So yeah, and that is such a key point is, is to actually talk about it, right? Because mm. if we don't verbalize what's going on, and if we're struggling with any one of these things, uh, whether it's suicide or shame or depression or whatever, if we don't verbalize it, and we just let it stew in our minds, it becomes this larger than life problem. Whereas if we have a trusted person in our life that we are able to say, this is what's going on. We have to do the work of verbalizing it, right? Mm -hmm. To actually form the words to express what's going on, which can be so helpful. And then often when we do that, we realize that we already know the solution or the answer or what we need to do. So that can happen that that we are able to see the, the solution. The other thing is maybe we don't see the solution, but you know what? We don't feel alone anymore. Right. And we realize that we're not the only ones who struggle with this. We're not the only ones who have gone through something like this. And so it that brings a lot of healing as well in being able to say, you know what, I'm not alone. I'm mm-hmm. not on an island by myself that no one can get to and no one can understand. Right. And so that can be so helpful too in dealing with these things instead of letting them become these giant mountains in our head that that we just can't get over right so is there any anything that uh how to deal with with this or yeah Uh, well actually in the uh in the article that we had mentioned earlier the axis they talked to a dr brown and she kind of has done a lot of research in shame there there surprisingly isn't a ton of research Mm. on shame it's it's a newer concept in the sense of talking about it and trying to define it and trying to distinguish it between guilt and shame but anyways um she has done some work in this area And so she kind of has um, some ideas on how to deal with sin and shame in our lives. And so she says, you know what, when we're confronted with shame or pain or sin, first thing is we need to reject the lies and believe the truth. We need to own and repent of sin if if that's a part of what's going on. Because sometimes shame isn't even about something we've done. Shame can even be contagious. Somebody does something And we find that to be offensive. And so then we take on shame just from what they did. Mm. It's really interesting when Mm -hmm. you start learning more about this. Mm -hmm. But we need to reject the lies because often there's a tape recorder that starts going in our head that tells us all kinds of lies. Mm -hmm. And so we need to reject that and we need to believe the truth. And we find the truth in God's word, right? What does he say about what's happening? And then we can know what's true and what's a lie and not let it just become that mountain in our minds. Mm-hmm. The next thing that Dr. Brown suggests suggests is that we accept God's grace, receive his forgiveness and reconcile with others. If we've wronged someone, then we go and make it right. Uh, we seek their forgiveness. We restore the the broken relationship or the fellowship that needs to be restored. And then the other thing she says is that we rest in God's love and experience his freedom and the depth that's in community. So again, this is where it's so important to have somebody to talk to so that you can have that community and realize that you're not alone. And then to rest in God's love, accept his forgiveness. And I know for me, that was one of the hardest things. It was so hard to 
truly accept God's forgiveness hmm. to realize I can't, I can't change that. Hmm. I can't make up for it. Hmm. I need to just accept the forgiveness yep. and I need to lay it down and walk away because it was stealing so much peace and joy and freedom from the present. And so just to realize that it is what it is and mm -hmm. we just have to accept it and move on. Right. So um, so those are some suggest suggestions that she had for dealing with sin and shame. Um, and then she also talked about shame resilience, which was really interesting. I'm just talking about the idea that we have already mentioned this, but the, the recognizing it, so the naming it, mm. right? What's going on? Because often we even have a physical reaction within our bodies, right? We might feel like our cheeks flush or we get sweaty or <laughs> um, that narrative starts happening right. in our head, that tape recorder. And so to that, that awareness is going to help us with developing a shame resilience and then being critically aware looking at the bigger picture and zooming out mm. and realizing that just because this has happened it doesn't have to define me and and then yeah talking about things with people that's all those things are going to help build that resilience and having grace having empathy for yourself and for others um, is also going to help in having that resilience and not letting shame really trap us in an, in an identity that isn't true mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's some of the things that we are learning about shame and unpacking and it's interesting like we can go right to the beginning of scripture and read in genesis when god comes to walk with adam and he's like where are you mm -hmm. and adam's hiding why there's shame going on for the decision that was made and yet we see this beautiful picture right from the beginning of redemption, of yeah. forgiveness, of I've made another way. Please don't run from me. Like God's saying, like, don't run from me. Uh, I have a better way. I have new life for you. Yes, this wasn't my design. Yes, this isn't what I wanted for you, but I've created a new way. And for us uh, living, you know, in, in our day, we have Christ who has come and died and on the cross and rose three days for us to be have that new life. Yeah. But we see, you know, right in the beginning, shame playing a role in in really the sin in, in our world. But again, right in the beginning, we see a redemption story and we see a God who cares and comes and joins in the, in the mess and in the journey and says, I have a better way. I have another way. And so we don't know where that all lands out there. Mm -hmm. This is something that we're unpacking. We wanted to have a conversation. And these are some things that we've been learning about shame. And one of the things that, you know, this is all about is, is having conversations together. And so we hope that this is going to spur on a conversation for yourself. Maybe there's some unpacking that you have to do in your own life of, uh, of how has shame played a part in my life? Where is shame potentially holding me back? And am I carrying guilt that I need to identify or shame that I need to identify? Mm -hmm. What or are these? Some of my reactions because of shame. Yeah. And then it's, it's presenting itself in the way I respond and interact in my relationships. Right, right. And so is it in our relationships uh, in with our children, our relationships yeah. with our spouse, our mm -hmm. relationships with our boss at work. Like, yeah, our parents, right? Even uh, as adults, yeah. like how we interact with our parents. So true. Is that having a role and a play within our current lives? And so we hope that this conversation that we've had today is one that is 
is going to spark some soul searching, some some curiosity in your own mind that you're willing to, to dig in and not avoid. And then hopefully this is a conversation that you can have with your spouse and, and, and talk about yeah, where has shame played out in our marriage? So we hope that this will be a conversation that is safe for you to have. And we just thank you so much for joining us uh, here today. And we will talk to you next week. Have a great week. Bye.